All right, everybody, welcome back. We are in the 10th episode of this Kingdom series, and we're talking about reflecting the King. Now, inside of this is the purpose and intention of God for us to become like Christ, and that is to have Christ's uh, character uh, uh, formation on the inside of our hearts and on the inside of our lives. And with that is the concept of going from one state of glory to the next. As we begin to behold the image of the king, we are changed and transformed into that image. And this is the spiritual reality or method that God has laid out. Uh, for us. So this number one point that I want to drive home is this, is that reflecting the king is being sent like he was sent. Scripture in John uh, 20, uh, verse 21, Jesus said this, Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the father has sent me, I'm also sending you. And then in another scripture, it's very, very similar, uh, but we get a one-two punch because it says the exact same thing. And, and that is in his prayer in John 17, he says, as you have sent me into the world, even so also I have sent them into the world. So inside this, we see the, the, uh, the process that, that God wants us to understand and that, uh, being, uh, formate, uh, the formation of, of Christ's character on the inside of us is attached to being sent in the same fashion that he was sent. Let's jump into the, uh, the one translation that brings out a, a nugget of truth. And that is the, the amplified version. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you as my representatives. Okay. <clears throat> so I want to grab a hold of that word representative and correlate it to also an ambassador. Now, a representative is somebody who uh, takes on uh, uh, somebody's mission, goal, and intention. And they're there to represent uh, that mission, goal, and intention. And inside of that is the, you know, the ambassadorship. What would happen to, think about this for a moment, what would happen to a, an ambassador uh, for a country who was a treason, who was in treason, right? And uh, was committing like some sort of treachery. And that is like communicating something like totally and far different from the, the kingdom that they're representing, right? That just wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't be allowed. Uh, it wouldn't continue to take place, right? And so we see inside of this that the call is to represent the message, uh, to represent the kingdom, and to be ambassadors of that message and of that kingdom. And that's the, the authority or that's the responsibility that we have been given to represent him and to be his ambassadors. Now, in that is this development of Christlikeness that we begin to echo what he says. We say the same thing he does and that we begin to carry out, perform and execute the things that he did and that we begin to be filled with the same power of the, the spirit of God inside of our lives to begin to be uh, influenced and swayed by that power and all of these different things that Jesus Christ is the, the mode, the pattern and the example and we are called to represent him in the highest fashion as ambassadors upon this earth. And that is our calling and that is our destiny. So break down this word sent for a minute. Um, this means to set apart 
and that means to send somebody out on a mission and to send them forth. These are the words that are attached to this word sent. Now, I want to focus on the, the first part because I do believe that it's a um, it shows a little bit of the process involved with with being sent out. And that is that you set yourselves apart. And that is that this message of the kingdom calls us out of worldliness. It calls us to smash our idols. It calls us to 100% allegiance to our king. And from that uh, place of being set apart, we, we begin to be different. And that is that we're speaking things that nobody else uh, or very uh, few people are speaking. Uh, we're living things that very few people are living. And we're walking in our authority that very few people are actually walking in. And so the key to that is a difference. There was a difference, you know, inside of the, the early church or the beginning stages of Christianity, that difference was uh, clearly manifested and people uh, uh, smashing their idols. It was clearly manifested and burning their, their, their books that, that led them into occultism and all these different things. And it led them to leaving occupations that were uh, no longer compatible with their new life. It led to a lot of different things, right? And so the call was a radical set apartness. Now, if you look in the book of Acts after these, uh, the introductory of the book and all of these people got, got saved, basically after the, the initial uh, commitment to salvation, they were, they were instructed to basically um, stay there in Jerusalem. And that is to leave whatever agenda they had, leave whatever occupation they had and all these different things and to begin to experience life inside of the kingdom. And these people begin to experience uh, that reality. They set themselves apart inside of that fashion. No, I got to point out this because there is um, there this concept can go to extremes, and that is the um, you know in the world and not of the world is the core value and the philosophy, and that is to say that we're not uh, trying to escape being uh, connected to worldly people. We are not trying to escape uh, 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 the pollutions of the world in the sense that we're just not going to associate with any uh, people of that mindset. That's not what I'm talking about. To be in and not of means that the world is 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 empty inside of us, right? That doesn't mean that we don't uh, associate with people and all these different things. Uh, that is a great fallacy that um, we definitely need to drop. And I would never communicate uh, anything of that nature. The worldliness of smashing our idols, of setting down the God of mammon, of uh, seeking and pursuing his kingdom first. That is all eternal inside truths that we begin to grab a hold of and we begin to uh, set ourselves apart from the world's and its systems and our hope and our confidence is not placed in those sources. They're placed in him. And that is the ultimate set apartness. And the next one is to, after the, the set apartness begins to manifest, that they begin to sent out. And that is that they've been given a mission. Now, I, you got to hold these two truths in unison together. And that is he hasn't set us apart just to be set apart. 
He hasn't called us to escape the corruption in the world just to uh, be on some uh, uh, little island somewhere or to be in the wilderness somewhere and to disassociate with the world and, and that sort of thing. So he set us apart, and that is that he has uh, purified us and cleaned us, and, and we have uh, pure allegiances, and we are, we are passionately on fire for him for the purpose and intention to be sent out. So these are coupled together. And that is that you can't rest satisfied with just being set apart. Uh, and there is many people that are uh, that are rest satisfied in that and they haven't grabbed a hold of the mission. They go hand in hand. And many people have grabbed a hold of the mission. That is to say that they, they are sent out and they went forth and all these different things, but they never were actually set apart. And they're so filled with worldliness and the world systems and allegiances and they're divided and their heart is, the, uh, they're trying to serve God and the world system. And it's just, it's just a mess. Okay. So the, the process is to set apart and then send out. That's, that's the way God works. They both go hand in hand together. So what's the problem? The problem is this, is that believers, uh, <laughs> believers just went without being sent. And that is, there's this, this rose colored, uh, glasses, uh, that takes place inside of ministry. And that is to say that people long for, uh, that position. Uh, they see, uh, something like as a, a pastor, as a position or whatever, um, you know, function of, 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 of Christianity you believe in, whether it's apostle, the prophet, or whatever it is, that these um, positions are also uh, often come with these rose-colored glasses. And that is that people haven't even curbed their spiritual ambitions. And we think because it's, it's under the guise of spiritualness that it's, that it's okay. And what that means is that you know, we're going to have that position, uh, whether anybody likes it or not, and or we're going to uh, pursue worldly means to to gather that position because of what has taken place inside of our heart. And so that is to say that there's many people inside of these positions uh, who were never sent. <clears throat> that is to say they never set themselves apart from any worldly ways or they never smashed their idols. They never got the, the character building process to all these messages I'm talking about. They never sat down and dealt with their character issues. They never had Christ actually formed on the inside of them and they just went and it's manifested by, by their lifestyle and all these different things that they never did the work, right? <laughs> they never did the character. They never got inside of the cocoon, right? They just, they just said, you know what? I'm going to go from this larva to this butterfly and I'm going to forget the process of the cocoon. And what we have noticed is that these, they, they, they fly very, their, their flight is very short lived. And that is because the cocoon of, of the formation of the godly character is where the strength in the wings comes from. And it's the, it's the resistance, it's the pushing, it's the learning the character and all these different things going through trials and, and times of darkness and periods in the wilderness and all these different things that give us the strength to actually fly and to maintain flight. And that is the, the process that God wants to take us through. So uh, problem number two is that believers are called, but they're not going. <laughs> so we got those who, uh, who just went, they weren't sent, uh, these, uh, self promoting, uh, promotion, uh, people that just, you know, 
think it's a good idea and they see all the rose colored glasses and and they think it's just going to be this wonderful and everything's going to be just like amazing they're going to be god's man of power for the hour and that they're going to you know everything's just going to be wonderful and uh, they'll soon face the reality of what ministry really is now believers that are called but not going this is a, a, a the next big problem and that is that uh, God has put upon people's heart and they have the, a powerful message of the kingdom and they let the professionals do their work. And that is that they leave it to the ministers to minister and they don't understand that they've been called to discipleship. They've been called to disciple and to mentor others and it's time for them to step up. And they need to stop uh, thinking that it's the professional's job to be a minister when the minister's job was supposed to equip them for the work of the ministry. And that is to say that the 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 job of the minister was to uh, empower them, equip them, and just give them everything that they need so they could begin to mentor others in a powerful fashion. And I would uh, I would say that that's not taking place. Uh, in mass scale like it should inside of the church world today. Number three problem, people are not set apart. I already, I already talked about this a little bit, that they never, uh, uh, they want Christ through them. You see, God's process is this. God wants you to understand that uh, everything that Christ did for you, and then it's supposed to uh, bring us to the place where, where Christ does that in us. So Christ for you, Christ in you. And then after the formation of this godly character, after being in the cocoon, after going through the process of learning, after developing a burden that you got some things to say, okay, that um, then God takes us to Christ through you. And that is to say that many people have not set themselves apart. And that is they haven't gone through the second process, the formation of Christ in you. And they went from Christ for you to Christ through you. And um, they never developed the character necessary to sustain them inside of the calling that God wants them to live. The last big problem in, in this is that people are not representing Right. That is that they're they're out there representing um, uh, business uh, like the kingdom of God is some LLC that can be um, that could be formatted, uh, uh, formatted inside of a business with all the business principles and all this mindsets of the of the world and all this different stuff. And this um, mindset usually uses the word of God uh, to promote an agenda of wealth, health and prosperity and all these different things. But it doesn't talk about Christ for you, doesn't talk Christ in you, doesn't talk about Christ through you. And it definitely doesn't have the gospel of the kingdom. Right. And so it's absence of all of these things. And that is to say that they're not really representing God in his kingdom. So what pain does this bring? Uh, ultimately, you know, it comes, uh, uh, abortion is the, is one of the biggest pain points. And I'm not talking about the uh, abortion of a child in the natural. I'm talking about uh, spiritual abortion and mission abortion. And that is that you have the general and the general says, you know, um, that uh, baptism, remission of uh, repentance and remission of sins should be preached uh, to all the world. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nation, baptizing, teaching them, deserve all that I have commanded you. 
right? Behold, I give unto you power. And all of these different things is wrapped up inside of the mission. And the mission aborted is saying that uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be about that mission. <laughs> like, that's that's not my mission. My mission is is for... Mm, to to get other people wealthy healthy and prosperity my mission is to is to uh, is to get people to make money and there's nothing wrong with that per se inside of the business world that your mission is to help other people make money but if the mission of your life is just simply to make people rich then you've lost the the fulfillment you've lost the mission and you have aborted uh, the gospel of the kingdom and what we're actually here to do and that is the pro proclamation of his kingdom coming and his will is going to be done and his kingdom will come and he will reign upon this earth and there will be peace and every sorrow, crying, dying, all that stuff will be washed away. Okay. That is the, the message of the kingdom. So the main point of pain is that the mission is aborted. And I would say this too, because it's not only the pain for you aborting mission because you're going to lack the the real fulfillment and the joy that comes from aligning yourself with God that's going to be painful but what's going to be even more painful is the people that will never benefit uh, from what you have to say that is a gift that is buried doesn't get used and utilized and therefore um, the people will never hear that portion of what you have to offer. And that would be a pain point for other people. The next pain in this is <clears throat> having a false mission established. Now, I couldn't imagine, you know, going throughout my life with a false mission. And that is, I think that this is the general's orders. I think that this is, uh, you know, what I'm supposed to be about and what I'm sent to do. Only to find myself in a, a, a false mission. And that is, I've given my life for this cause. And then I find out that that wasn't the mission or the objective. And I've given all my time and all my energy uh, to this false mission. And so there's a lot of pain attached to the false mission, both for myself and for people uh, that hear uh, the false mission message. And lastly, this pain point of, of, of struggling and just falling flat on your face. And that is God empowers and enables and energizes. And the Holy Spirit is there uh, for the fulfillment of his mission. And that is, is if our mission is contrary to what his mission was. And it's not attached to uh, bringing people into the kingdom or mentoring others to be strong in the faith and all these different things. It's not somehow attached to what God is concerned about. Uh, then we have established another, uh, a different mission and God's strength and power is not available uh, to accomplish these uh, selfish agendas. Okay. It's there to empower you to accomplish the mission and objectives of the king. And that's the reality. So what is the possibility in all this? So we see uh, Jesus Christ as the sent one. And that is to say this, that Christ-likeness, the formation of uh, everything God did for us and everything that he wants to do in us, is for us to accept this reality of sentness also. And that is we see that he, how he was sent. He was sent from the Father to this earth 
with a mission, with an objective. In fact, he said, I've come not to do my own will, but the will of the father who what? Who sent me. If you look in the book of John's and you want to look, you want to do a study on sent, go and look that up, man. There's like 20, at least 20 scriptures about being sent. And so he wanted to make sure that people understand this concept of being sent. And that is to say this, that the the mission and the objectives have not changed. And that is if, if Jesus Christ embodied the will of God and was sent upon earth to do his will, then us as his followers who are walking in his path embodied the same process and the same message. And that is that we have come down to this earth or we are inside of this earth and this experience to not do our own will, but the will of him that sent us. And so we grab a hold of that mission. We embody that mission and it becomes a part of who we are. So, to break this down, and there's there's so much uh, content here that um, I'm going to probably have to go this through this a little bit quick. But what I want to establish here is the the mission of Christ. And remember what I told you about beholding the King, and that is that what we behold, we're changed into the same image from glory to glory. We see Him as He is. But we also become like the God we believe in. And that is to say that when we see the mission, we're able to uh, recognize it. We're able to acknowledge it. We're able to behold it. And then we're able to also, because that is our focal point, we're able to, um, to navigate towards that path. Here's the reality of what we know about focal point. That you go in the, the direction of which you are looking right? There was this analogy used about, um, about a kid on a, a racetrack and his parents were there watching. And they seen when he came around the corner that his eyes were, were totally on them. Right. And so because his eyes were totally on them, he got his eyes off the road and then he smashed right into the wall, right in front of his parents, because that was his focal point. And so understanding this about focal point, what we look on and what we behold is the direction in the path and the course that we are going. So beholding the king as the sent one, as being sent to us, as sent a mission inside of the world, when we begin to behold that and see that, and that is our focal point, we begin to be transformed into that same image. Jesus came and was sent to seek and to save the lost. Now, the opposite of this would be that Jesus came to shun and uh, condemn the lost. And that is to uh, have nothing to do with them, like the Pharisees, a total separatist, that I'm going to exclude myself uh, from the lost and that I'm not going to be involved with them and that I'm going to stand outside and begin to condemn and to point the fingers at the lost. That would be the opposite of this mission. And I I tell you in honest fashion that there's many people that have taken up that mission, no doubt. And that is that all they do is to disassociate with sinners. And that is from a moral high horse begin to point the finger. And this is what I know uh, that God has showed me through this. 
The ultimate finger pointer is uh, Satan himself, and he is called the accuser of the brethren. And that is that if um, by his very nature, he goes around pointing the finger. Uh, He loves exposure. That is, he loves to find the fault inside of people and to expose them so they could be open to public shame. And that there's many people that have taken on and embodied that characteristic and that mindset to think that it is their calling to go around and sniff out the sin inside of people and begin to point it out and to begin to expose it, right? And they're they're these ultimate uh, judge that they they think that their their calling is to do such things, and that is that they they use the word as a weapon. And they use it against other people to attack them and to, and it's when they read the word, it's never for them. Right. And they forget that this is a two edged sword. And that is that it cuts me first and that I am the one who has to have the mindset and conform to the king and see that his mission was to seek and save the lost and that it cuts me first and say, you know what? This is my mission that I'm going to be used as a representative to seek and to save the lost. And then it touches me and I begin to act upon that word. And then I'm able to embody that word and I'm able to talk about that. Right. Instead, these people use it as a weapon. The word never applies to them. And all they use it for is to set other people straight. And this is a sad, sad mission. And it's ultimately the, the finger pointer and the exposer and accuser of the brethren. And a lot of this comes from the mindset that we have to be um, 100% intellectually correct uh, for God to accept us. And that is that God will not tolerate any sort of uh, deviation from a prescribed sort of creed and doctrine or whatever it is that our salvation is based upon 100% adherence to this, uh, uh, to what is being stated inside of all of these doctrines, right? And no dissent is allowed. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't conform to these will be uh, pointed out and will be, uh, uh, in a sense, bashed and excommunicated. Right. One thing I don't understand about this is that there is a there is a group of Christianity that uh, that conforms to the first church in Revelation. And that is, you know, they do have a great uh, um, concept for truth. And they, you know, they're taking a stand for truth. And the reality is, is that they're beating everybody up. It's like the big bully brother and trying to to force and to get people to conform to all of these truths. And then uh, uh, saying that if they, people don't 100% agree with their certain mindsets, then they're, they're, they're not of God or they're excluded or all these different things. And it's caused so much division in the world today. Uh, sorry, that's a little bit on my soapbox, but. All right. So Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to do the will of the father. Now, the opposite of this would be to do the desire of uh, the father, the devil. Uh, The opposite of that would be to do the will of self. And so we see Jesus in the embodied mission to do the will of the father, father. And we behold that uh, inside of the scriptures and we see that inside of our own lives. And we begin to manifest that as our reality also that we have come to do the will of the father. And what is the will of the father? That you might believe on him who he has sent. There's that word sent again. All right. 
The next one, he was sent for the proclamation of the gospel and to speak about the kingdom. And that's why he came uh, and said that his mission was to preach the kingdom uh, to the other cities also. And so he embodied the mission of being sent to seek to save the laws, to do the will of the father, which was to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. You see how this is, this uh, signifies the process and the mission and, and what is for us also. And every sent one uh, must be sent in the inside of this fashion. That if we are going to claim to be sent, then our mission is to seek and to save the lost also. Our mission is to do the will of the father also. And our, uh, and our mission is to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, the message that Jesus Christ preached. Next is that he came to be a servant. That is that the son of man has not come to be served, but to serve. So he was sent to be a servant and grab a hold of this mindset is, is uh, I'm at your service sort of guy. And that, uh, that the message that God has given me that I, I consider myself an ambassador or representative of that message. And that I take what God has given me and I deliver it to you and I serve you. And here's, here's the, here's the word of God. Heal the brokenhearted. This one I'm going to go through because I've already talked at, at uh, great links to this. Uh, you can go back some episodes and you can find it about the mission of Christ. But inside of the anointing, that the anointing God has anointed me for, for the purpose and intention. And we need to grab a hold of that. The anointing is not for stage presence. The anointing is not for a circus show. The anointing is not to glorify uh, man in his great uh, showmanship and all of those different things. The anointing was for to heal the brokenhearted, to restore people to uh, physical uh, and emotional health and wholeness. And it was to proclaim the forgiveness and to liberate the captives. It was to bring clarity to the blind. It was to heal the emotional scars of people that have been traumatized and have been victimized. And ultimately it was to bring that life and that life more abundantly. So in all of this embodying the anointing, embodying what Christ was sent to do, that we take on that mindset and say, you know what, I'm here seek and save the lost, do the will of the father. I'm here to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. I'm here as a servant so I can bring healing to the world. And that is restore wholeness, forgiveness, liberate all of those different things, bring vision and clarity to the blind, healing to those who are trauma and victimized. And that I embody the kingdom and I embody that message. So we see, once we begin to see this, the, the mission of the king, once we begin to see what he was sent to do, and what he is empowered for, then we can grab a hold of this reality. And that is that he sends us in the same manner, even as the father has sent me, I send you. And that is to say that we are representatives and we are ambassadors for that message. And he has given us the, the marching orders and every authority that we have comes from that delegation 
Go, therefore, and make disciples and mentor other people. That's that's what this uh, reflection of the image of the king of being sent out is. All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow, brothers. Peace.